You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. And listen, y'all, the guest that I'm about to have on for you right now, I have, when I first met her, I was just like, oh my goodness, I need her on this show. Like this, her authenticity, her work ethic, her grind, her just, her heart. And she said something to me about joy a while ago. And, um, you're just going to love it. You're going to love it. So um, I I just got to let you know, she is the CEO of Boss Class LLC and Journey Untold LLC, award-winning, best-selling author, self-made multi-millionaire and influencer. She has been successfully selling on Amazon for 16 years. She educates others on how to build a profitable Amazon business online that creates unlimited freedom. She's also a certified worldwide mental health advocate and keynote motivational speaker. She experienced firsthand being a daughter of a paranoid schizophrenic and the devastating impact of untreated neurosis. And yeah, I've got Yasin Hall with me coming from Atlanta. I love Atlanta. Uh, Got her links below. You are going to want to follow her on all of her platforms. So, you know, without further ado, it's so, I'm so happy to have you on. I'm so happy to be here, man. Oh my, this is so awesome. (laughs) So I want to, I kind of want to just get into, you know, how you started on Amazon 16 years ago and some of the lessons that you've learned doing that. Oh, wow. So I started because of my last son. He was born with autism. And at the time, I was been working in corporate America and in the government for many, many years. And when I took him to preschool, they said that he was different. Um, my son had issues. I didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that they were not empathetic and knowledgeable about how to take care of an autistic child. Um, he's brilliant. However, social skills is lacking. So I decided to quit my job of many, many years that I worked hard to get to that title and started working from home. And I started selling books. I was in that geek community. I'm a little nerdy. (laughs) So I was in that geek community that knew about Amazon and we lived in a college town. So I would go with him in the stroller to go, you know, ask these young kids, you want to sell your books? You want to sell your books to me? And they would sell them to me and I would go back and sell them on Amazon. And I did that for a majority of my marriage, just about eight years. And lo and behold, things happen. Divorce, you know, we had to file for divorce. And that took a real bad turn. Um, I couldn't support my family anymore. I filed for divorce. He stifled gas out of my car, um, took all the food out of the house, didn't pay the mortgage. So we would end up homeless in Walmart's parking lot. That's as far as my car could go. And we slept in the parking lot for about three to four days, asking people for food, going in the garbage, looking for food, um, things that I never in my life would ever think would would get me to that point. And um, 
My friends turned their back because they chose sides. They didn't want me to get a divorce compared to their husbands. I had the wonderful husband, um, but they didn't know what was going on inside the home, you know? And um, they took sides, they took his sides. Um, I'm an only child, so I had no siblings to turn to. My parents were in the Virgin Islands. I'm originally from the Virgin Islands. And my back was against the wall. And it was just a, a horrible, horrible time in my life, the lowest point in my life. And I can say that I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I know this sounds weird, but I'm really grateful because now I know where my rock bottom is. And I know that I can survive from being rock bottom. I can do it again. Don't want to, but I can do it again. And I know how to get back up. And I say I'm grateful because many of the women that we mentor are at rock bottom. They are where I was. So they look to me for not only inspiration, but the program that we have in order for them to sell on Amazon and get from their rock bottom. And they do it in less time. I did it in about three years, but now I'm teaching them how to do it in one. And that speaks volumes, you know? Um, right after I was divorced, I, I had no choice but to go back to the Virgin Islands. And when you have four special needs kids going back to a community where has no resources to help you is literally saying that I have nowhere else to turn. And I had to leave my boys there so I could come back and restart my life. And I left my son there. And then two months later, my son, my oldest son was shot five times in the back and survived. I felt like I had made the worst decision of a mother could possibly make. I was already feeling like a bad mother, a bad wife, a bad woman. I, I felt I felt so low about myself and everything around me. And then this happened and I just couldn't catch my breath. So here it is, no child support. My son was shot. I'm now going to be about a hundred thousand in debt just to fly him, medevac him back to the States so he can survive. And now it's just getting worse and worse, you know? And then two months after his shooting, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And now I'm about, I lost my mom mentally at the age of 12 when she became a paranoid schizophrenic and tried to take my young life. And now here it is, I'm about to lose my mom mentally, you know? And three months, my mom did survive for what the doctors estimated was three months. She passed away and the day of her funeral, I went to visit my dad who has been a depressed hoarder all my life. And I finally wanted to help him. I was in a position in life where I could see that he needed help but it was too late. I lost my, son, my, my dad to a heart attack a month later. I did not know that that would be the last time that I saw my dad. And in between the whole year of chaos, um, Amazon has sent me an invitation to sell clothing on their platform. And I saw it, but because I was just going in these different parts, I didn't get time to really sit down and soak it in as to what they were asking of me. And lo and behold, it was to the point I was grieving beyond grieving. <laughs> um, I'm here trying to, you know, take care of the kids at the same time, just feeling lost with only $197 to my name. That's all I had left. That was my last money for my grandmother. I had nowhere else to turn. Didn't qualify for um, welfare or anything like that because of the amount of child support the, the state, the, the judge had ordered, but I still haven't gotten it yet. So I couldn't get any money, period. And I made a decision, turn off the lights and buy some leggings for 50 cents or starve. I choose to buy 50 cents leggings and sold them on Amazon for $12.99. And that's still the original investment that I've invested 
into my business. I've never taken out a loan or credit card or anything. And today we teach the same principles to our students. <laughs> That's a mouthful, right? <laughs> there's, there's so many things. And honestly, I've got so many questions just from the beginning that I want to make sure that I ask and articulate, articulate the best possible. First, I want to ask you how you built up your self-worth. I didn't throw up that time. I held on to the, the only thing I could hold on to, get my kids to high school, get my kids well. That's it. That was my glue. I had nothing else. After seeing how mental health had affected my mom, I always said, I'm not going to be my mother. I have the power to change that even if it's hereditary. And in my, my kids' um, situation, my oldest son is bipolar. My second son is going through, was going through childhood depression. He's living successfully with depression now. And my last two children have autism. So it is prominent in my family. And I think the basis of what helped me cope is seeing my mother go through and being there with my mother as she was going through these changes. Because ultimately my mom in her own right was preparing me to raise my own children. Had I not had a mother and a father who were living with mental health disorders, I would have not gotten my help, help for my children earlier. I had to live it, see it to know what was missing in those two and my parents, um, in my parents' care in order to say, no, this will not be my children. This is what they didn't get. Let me get this for my children. And that was my focus. That's what kept me alive. That's it. And then once I got them through, at least the first through, through high school, I then had time to breathe and focus on me. And I had to put myself in therapy because there was, I mean, we had therapy before because we're living with being a single mom of four different children that needs to be disciplined, taught and parented four different ways. I had a therapist to teach me how to become a parent. That was, that was number one, but I didn't have a, a, a therapist for me. I didn't have a therapist for what I was going through. My focus was help me help these children. That was it. Not help me help me to help these children. So that was my coping mechanism, focus on my children. Wow. Thank you for, for sharing that. Because um, I, I can't even imagine the amount of trauma and things that you had to unpack. And I love that you don't, you don't give it as you, you give it as a year. You come yeah. back from rock bottom in a year. You did it in three. Mm -hmm. And in that year, you know, from what I heard you sharing, you know, your son, you, you go back to the Virgin Island. Mm -hmm. yes. Your son gets shot in two months, five yes. times and survives. Yes. Then two months later, your mother gets diagnosed with breast cancer yes. and dies in three months. Right. So we're already seven, seven months in, mm -hmm. and then you go to still serve your father yes. and you lose him in one month. Yes. That's eight months in. And then I, my I don't, and then I, my grandmother passed away. That was a hell of a year. Yeah. It was a heck of a year. I, I, yeah. I, I did not cry until it was over because it wouldn't stop. I mean, just my son being shot alone, you have to think of a parent. Once he gets to the hospital, what is my duties? I have to take him back for therapy constantly and have these other children that need me more than ever. 
and the back and forth. And then babysitter was out of the question because you could not find a babysitter for all four. You can't. Nobody really and true, only myself. And I, and I barely did it without help, you know? Only, there's no way, I, I would have had to hire four different babysitters, which I already couldn't afford one. So here we were, lugging behind, kids would be with me, sitting in, I would actually have them sitting in the waiting room just doing whatever because I didn't know what to do. My, my son needed me upstairs to help him try to walk again, try to talk again, and do these, you know, come back to where he was. And it was not an easy, an easy trek. And then in the middle of him finally taking his first step, I get the news about my mom. I couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't. Your story <laughs> is so inspiring. From, from where you've come from and what you've dealt with, you know, like you, you had a successful career before yeah. and then you... You gave that up for your son. Yeah. And then this was eight years later. Mm-hmm. You you lose your marriage. Yes. And and then all of this other stuff happens. And it's like yeah. I, that's why, I mean, and I, I thank you for for saying therapy. Mm-hmm. Because where was there any specific like tips that you were given? Oh, in no. your healing, um, when it comes, because you're a self-made multi-millionaire, yeah. you are the number one Amazon guru, black Amazon guru. Yeah. Like that is phenomenal. Like, and, and to, to come from that and you've been doing it successfully for like 16 years, there, there had to be some like turning points, right? Yes. A lot. <laughs> A lot of a lot of different moving puzzles. Whew. Um, it's ugh. it's definitely been an eye changer and and a and a um a game changer for me. Um, all I could say is everything goes back to my children. Like I didn't know unconditional love for myself until I had to give it to my children. And my children, I and I came from the Caribbean where we're very cold. We're very, we don't intentionally mean to be, but that's just the culture. It's not a loving environment. We don't wait till the school bells comes out and go, oh, hello. We don't know and hug you and how was your day? No, we're like, get in the car. <laughs> Let's go. You know, we got to go. What you want to eat? You know, that is, that's how I grew up. And my first two, my first two children were brought up from me being in that mode, but it wasn't helpful. And it was surely was not healthy at all. So through my marriage, my ex-husband showed me love. What? Because his family is completely different from my child, my, my family. So it wasn't until I met him that I realized how to nurture. And I just basically, I no one ever told me in order to love con- unconditionally, you have to love yourself unconditionally. No one told me. I had to learn that. And it was my children the autistic children that showed me that because they needed that love. My son is the type of person that he has to let you into his space to give you a hug. And when he does let you in, he doesn't let go. You have to stay there in that loving moment until he says, okay. So he would walk up to me and, you know, need me at that time. Everything got to go. Every phone call, any disruptions that got to go because he is demanding of my love. 
right now. All things must stop. And it could be in the classroom. It could be in the car. It didn't matter. When he opened his arms, that signifies that I needed to love him now, right then, for God knows how long that he needed it. And there's not a lot of people in the position that can identify that at that moment, as well as stay in that moment and give him the love. What do you need, son? Oh, I want you to do this. Okay, let's do this. Can you hug me, mom? Okay, I'm hugging you. How, how long should I hug you? Until I say stop. You know, that's that was my son. And then my daughter, she was the complete opposite of him. She wanted love all the time. If she could be attached crazy glue to my leg, she would. And she was a type of child. She still is. She's 21. And even though when she comes to my house, as soon as she walks in, I get hugs and kisses. Who gets hugs and kisses from a 21-year-old still? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we're on vacation and she's all snuggled up under me. But those two children taught me love. This is what correct love looks like. I had no idea. And then when my, my son went away and got, went to college, it was only then I realized I want that. I want to be able to give that to the universe. I want to be able to receive it. But in order for me to do so, I had to fix me. I had to. It's a journey. It is. And I mean, I, I love that you share it. Like, it's not like some quick fix or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And how you just being the person you are, I know that you're genuinely helping the entrepreneurs that come to you in yes. your boss Academy. Um, so what is, what is the mentorship with you look like? I mean, you've got 16 years experience mm -hmm. you've been through, oh, cause in business, there's so many setbacks Yes, and you've been through setbacks, <laughs> so you know, yes. your resiliency is on, <laughs> on point. So, um, how do you help your, your clients? Um, I think because they've already, I'm the front end where they see before they even take the course, they've already known my story. They've already met me. They know who I am, particularly like you stated. So they, they come in with the expectations of this is not just somebody that's taking their money. This is somebody that really and truly wants the best for them and will do whatever we can to get you there. You know, this is not something that you take a course, watch a video, buy. We are there. Our students have us 365 days. They have us 24, almost 24 hours around the clock. I have an amazing team. The way how the program is structured, they see us a lot. They're not just, you know, answer an email and then somebody or you have like this chat. No, we are present in this because we also understand that not only are they learning something that is strange to them, this is a Mecca corporation. Amazon is Mecca. We've got to abide by their rules. Now, their rules are ever-changing. They change rules every single day. And part as part of my responsibility as the CEO is to make sure that when Amazon makes a change, that I understand this rule to where I can teach this rule and implement it ASAP. So the one great thing about my class is that knowing that you are on this journey and you're not alone. And just like I need my team and my team or my, my buddies, they are also encouraged to get boss buddies as well, because this Amazon journey needs to be, needs to be carried by someone who is going along with you. I've spoken to another Amazon person before, 
And I asked them, you know, how much you should invest mm-hmm. um, starting out, getting started with Amazon. What is your opinion on that? We, I live by the same mantra of how I started. I started all with something small because I didn't have much. Mm-hmm. And the same mantra we teach today, start small and grow into something big. I have even found my kids have Amazon stores. My ex-husband, my ex-husband and I are best friends today, despite what happened. He has an Amazon store. Everybody around me within six degrees of separation <laughs> have an Amazon store. Um, employees who work for me, it's mandatory that they have an Amazon store um, because it's essential, it's essential. And I teach the same method. It doesn't matter if you start with $350 in products or 10,000 in products. The way how Amazon is, you're going to get the same check <laughs> in the beginning because you've got to build your store. You've got to build your store credentials. You've got to build your matrix. There is millions of stores out there on, on Amazon. How do you position yourself to be in the top? It takes a slow progression. It's based on, and then the, you have to know the algorithm is based on volume. There's so many different check marks that must be done in place before you even try or attempt to invest $10,000. My students max is probably $10,000 a year, the whole year and making 100K. So it does not matter if you spend that $10,000 that first time and we teach you how to do that 350. I can guarantee you in three months, I'm gonna get my students making more than somebody who invested $10,000 the first go around. Because we took the time to build this, build the program, build the store versus stocking the store. Yeah. And I mean, when I, when I first talked to you, you, cause you've been selling on Walmart too, yes. you've been, <laughs> and you do some of the stuff from, from your house too. And I know yeah. you do stuff with drop shipping as well, but like you, you've got like, what is, how big is your team like to allow you to fund, you, you know, just take care of your sin, you, you Oh, um, it's two parts. It's two moving parts. So we have the school and we have five other instructors that I've taught that were one students of mine. So now they've elevated and now they're continuously blessing. I bless them and now they're blessing other women and other people with the ability and the knowledge and the blueprint of the program. So I'm literally now only in CEO managerial role for that, for the program. They have, I have no doubt that they are running the program exactly like it is through my eyes. Um, so that helps. So that is pretty much an autopilot um, for, the, for the school and the school is concerned. Now for my store, I have my own personal shopper that shops for the, for the stores. Um, and I also have two packers. And then of course my daughter who is the manage, you know, she runs operations for all our stores out of her home. So, you know, having, and then she's autistic. So it really, it really helps because this is a position that she can do things robotic. She has to do things robotically. So everything is set by a schedule. Everything is set by uh, quantity, is set by demand. Everything is has its own pieces of the puzzle that she has grown over the past, I'm going to say 13 years of doing it with me to where she is to the position of she can tell me if a product is profitable and it's not profitable and we should sell it, not sell it. And that speaks a lot about her growth and what, what it looks like to work under me that she's now self-sufficient and a millionaire in her own right at 21. So that, that does help. So we really and truly only have a staff of four. 
I, I want to speak on, on people on the spectrum for those that are listening that don't understand. Mm-hmm. The spectrum is very wide and broad. And just because someone is on the spectrum does not mean they're not competent of doing things. They, they tend to be a lot more intelligent and a lot more diligent when it comes to the tasks that they're given. Um, it, their brain works at a different speed. Like, you know, have you, if you've ever heard they're so smart that they just, it it doesn't make sense, but it's like, they're they're kind of off. I think that a a lot of people haven't been like high functioning autistic people haven't been diagnosed with it, but I know like one in every four children now are born on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And we've got to be more mindful of that as we are moving throughout um, our society and growing and utilizing people's benefits and helping them see their benefits. That, and and so I I love that you, you were so patient with your daughter and helping hone all of those skills for her. I had and, to, it wasn't know. easy. I had to, I had to find I, I, over the years. She's been my little packer since seven, but I didn't know that that was a skill that she would inevitably hone in on until it became a skill. Um, of course, you know, we had to go through those teen years, years and teens with an autistic child is a whole lot different because you really and truly don't know which is an episode of autism or which is an episode of being a teenager. They can look exactly alike, but they both need to be dealt with two different ways. So going through that stage was not easy at all because we have the stage of, I don't want to do nothing. And we have the days where she wants to do everything, but knows nothing, (laughs) you know, thinks she knows everything, wants to do everything, but knows nothing, you know, And and, and then plus her autism is the way of it resets. So every single day, something is lost. Some sort of information is gone, gone for good. And she has to relearn it again from scratch. So when it comes to being in the business, and then I also have to had to tackle school of the information not being retained from school, that was hard to figure out on a daily basis. What information sticked with the business? What sticked with school? And where do I start over? And... <laughs> It takes another level of patience in myself to be able to sit down there when she came home from school at five after all her therapists um, to go, okay, what, where are you at? You know, try to figure out where she at to know what I need to help her with, with the business so that we don't fall behind because we still need this to sustain our income and also figure out, okay, what did, where, what information do you not know today from school and start over with that? We're talking seven different classes that we have to minimize and figure out what's missing. That alone was a humongous task to do. But with the business, that was what was her dangling carrot. She knew if she didn't do her homework, she could not work because education trumps everything in our household. So in order to do the thing that she loved, she had to focus on the thing that she didn't like so much, which was the pressure of learning. But now she gets it. She understands why I was pushing her so hard for math because she needs to find out profits, not for anything else. So you have to pick, I had to pick and choose my battle. I couldn't be broad like an average parent and say, you need to learn math so you can fo- so you can focus in the world and know how to calculate money and all that stuff, right? That is such a grand thing for, for an average child. You need to learn a math so you can 
can, you can pay for the bus. You can, you can do these other things in life. You need math, but I can't be like that with her. I had to be simpler. You need math so you can figure out the profit so you can put money in your account, period. That's it. That's where math ended, you know? And that's how I had to teach her the business to know. I knew that if I can get her to learn the business, the business will trickle into her personal life. And that's what I had to do. <laughs> You've had so many people to teach and serve and give. And, you know, you, you're an advocate for mental health and, you know, you've got your books as well. So those, those are also going to be linked below for the people that want to check those out too, because this is only a portion of her amazing story. Um, I just, you, you impress me so much that I'm almost at a loss for words because there's so many questions I could ask you, but I don't want to take up so much time. Um, so I guess the last question that I'll ask, um, and this is more so on the business side. Mm -hmm. When a, what are some of your success stories of people that come to you and have worked with you and have been at rock bottom? Ooh. Where do I start? I've got goosebumps. Um, whew, it's been so many life-changing. Like, oh, I would have to say, um, I was to pick one it would be the young lady that I didn't know was homeless. I did not know how rock bottom she was when she came into the program. I knew she said she was struggling, but I didn't know to what degree. And to see her, so now I know her backstory. So her backstory is her mom kicked her out the house and left her on the street. So she was literally living under a bridge. I had no clue but she had money that was coming in from the government and she used that money not to feed herself, but to fund herself. So she would, and, and this is the sacrifices that a lot of people don't make to see. She would catch the bus to go to the library. She had no power. She had no electricity. She had no computer, but she knew what the resources were. She picked the library that was next to the, in the same plaza of the stores. She took the time to map that out without my knowledge. And she would go to the library, print her items, print her orders, manage her store, all in the library. And then go to the next door, pack them up in the library, pack them up, packing tape, her bag contained her food, her packing supplies, tape, everything that she needed to work on the go with no roof over her head. And then the post office was just a little way down. So she had um, this little cart that she would take with her packages and walk a mile and a half down to the post office to drop off her packages. Today, she's happily married. She has her own trucking company and she has a house with her husband from homeless to happiness. She's joyful in her season. She does, she goes up and down on vacations now, living her life. And it took her six months to get off the street. It wasn't until after she came off the street that she showed me what she had made. And I interviewed her not knowing what she was saying. And for her to tell me, you remember when I told you I was struggling? 
but I didn't tell you. And I, you said, I told you I was printing it out in the library and I was using her as an example as, you know, you're complaining that you don't have a printer and you don't have time. This girl goes to the library because she doesn't have a computer. This is what I'm saying to the students, not knowing the reason why she's going to the library is because she doesn't have a house. She doesn't have a roof over her head. She is sleeping on the ground. Did not know that until she said, well, I was too ashamed to tell you because knowing the person that you are, you probably would have invited, you to, invited me to live with you. And I didn't want that. I needed to do this for myself. I broke down. I broke down. I broke down. And today, ever so often, she comes on my Zooms and she's like, you know, I was home. You know, she listens in and she waits for that person in the Zooms to say, I can't do this because. Mm. And then she says, let me tell you my story. You can do this because. And that's, she sacrificed everything. She stopped doing her, she cut off all her hair. I mean, when I tell you, she went down to the bare nothing. Her clothes came from Goodwill. Sometimes she'll go through the trash and find other clothes in the stores that are throwing away stuff like rainbow and stuff. They throw stuff away in the dumpster. She'll go get the clothes. She kept herself groomed, but she cut off all her nails, her hair. She cut it down short so she can manage it, not knowing that this woman was homeless. That's my success story. That, that is so much drive. It's, and the, and the fact that it, it could be a homeless person mm-hmm. that can utilize your program yeah. and g- truly get off the streets within six months. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've worked with the homeless. It's not, it's not easy. People just think, oh, get yeah. a job. How do you get a job when you don't have a, a location to yeah. put on, on there? Yeah. You, you know, you, you might not always be clean. Right. You know, you, you, hmm. don't knock it until you walk it. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. knock it. I've been there. Don't knock. I never thought I would, but don't until you are to the point that you do not know how are you going to feed your children? And you are looking in these eyes and you can see starving in these eyes and knowing that you have something to do about it and you can't. That is a whole different degree. Unless you are there, you do not know what that feels like. It feels like death. Slow, painful death inside. Because as a mom, you look at yourself and you go, I'm supposed to be able to take care of my children. I'm supposed to be able to do something. I can't do nothing. How do you not do nothing? When other people, little people that you brought into this world depends on you. How do you do nothing? Especially after you've tried everything. But life, life dealt you a whole different set of cards and you can't see yourself out. You know, people were like, why did you ask your family for help? I did. What are they going to do? This, you're, you know, we can't look in today's society as what the access we have now. Back then, all we had was Western Union. Do you know how long it took a Western Union from the Virgin Islands to get here? Days. <laughs> I had no immediate help. None. Called everyone I knew. And they were like, well, I'm sorry you're going through this, but I can't help you. So you would rather, you know, you would, when I speak to them now and, and they see me doing things now and they see that I become a multimillionaire and they look at me and they go, 
wow, I can't believe you did that. And I said, I'm thankful to you for showing me the way because you didn't sacrifice anything of yours and you slept good at night knowing that I asked you for help to feed these children and you said no. So everything in life of where you are now, that is because you didn't make that one gesture to help somebody in need who really needed you. But God saw fit to see that I needed more and I was supposed to be blessed with more and I had to go through that in order to be where I'm at today. And I'm humbly grateful, humbly grateful. Amen. You didn't succumb and she, your, your client too, she didn't succumb to her excuses, right? right. To, to her current situation. Yeah. That you're so powerful. Oh my God. You're singing the thank you. I'm so happy you came on. I'm so happy you're here. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? Um, just that, you know, we have a lot of information on YouTube. I do get criticized for sharing too much information on YouTube, but I think as a community, the reason why there's not a whole lot of African-Americans that are selling on the platform is because we simply don't know. We only look at it as a buying platform and we're not taught that Amazon is also a selling platform. We don't know that the item items that we're purchasing are from third-party sellers like myself and my students. And with knowledge, there is power. So as long as I have a voice, I'm going to speak up about Amazon and Walmart because there's so much money to be had. I have the ability to end poverty, but we first have got to get out of poverty mindset. That's the first part. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.